0: Welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Continuing I, our new series.
1: Hold up. Before we even do that. Oh, no. Uh, I was reminded of one of our 15 listeners. I'm sure there are more. Um, uh, <laughs> so yes. This time last year, I was at the Creative Arts Academy at Ozark Christian College. Mm-hmm. And uh, I there's a guy there who's a student right now. He's probably about to graduate in the next year or so. And uh, after last year, I think he lives in Colorado or something. I'm probably wrong. Anyway, after he always drives to creative arts and then drives back home. He's got a long drive. And so I told him about our podcast for some reason, something we had done, whatever. And then we put out the sad songs episode and that was on his drive home and he listened to it. And now he's like, not a frequent listener, but an every time he drives to home or back. He listens to college. <laughs> he listens to the Kingsway podcast. So he, I was talking to him and he's like, I love listening. And one of my favorite parts <clears throat> is playing the intro, intro music. And then you go, Welcome to the Kingsway podcast. And he says in unison with me, Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I feel seen and hurt at the same time. It's one of those like, you don't even realize you did it every time. I've never been hurt. So much by something that's so true. (laughs) Welcome.
0: Um, If you're listening right now, a new song of mass destruction that just came out is by Ren, and it's called Suicide. And it is one of the saddest endings to a song I have ever heard. So I haven't even told you about that. You haven't even heard it, probably. We'll
1: have to do an update episode. This is for
0: you, Zach. Oh, my gosh. It is so sad. (laughs) I watched it the other day, and it's like one of those reaction channels on YouTube. And it's like you scroll through the reactions, and it's just like grown men, priests, counselors, girls, babies, old people, yeah. g- all crying. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like, oh, what is in this song? But okay. Anyway, love that you're watching. Thanks for listening. Um, this episode should be great. Yeah. Like all the others.
1: Like, but <laughs> even especially great. Uh, you will actually feel blessed by this episode. Yeah. If you're, if you're one of a certain kind of
0: people. And, uh, you yeah. know, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> well we're back for another uh sunday study hall how are you feeling about this week feeling great especially because i don't have to answer any of these questions (laughs) i always love these you you just get to go walk in here and provide the torture tools i Uh, walk
1: in here with so much power just like uh, your little power of the sun (laughs) in the palm of my hand (laughs)
0: Your little exacto yeah. knife and yeah. uh, your <laughs> handcuffs of torture for me.
1: Welcome to torture.
0: Get in this box. Make yes. this noise. Sing this song. <laughs> and do it in ninety seconds. Oh gosh, I know.
1: i was okay. just telling you. So before we even get to that, let's yeah. gotta start. What's like this section heading of? Or like, where are we at in the story? What's Yeah, going so on? we're
0: walking through Matthew. Uh, if you've been following this this topical kind of, uh, I would say, not topical, but this section of what we've been doing with the podcast, um, we're, we're basically blowing up and expanding on and diving in a little deeper on... Our, <laughs> I love that you're doing this so much. Uh, on The Sermon on the Mount is currently where we're at, but we're in the Gospel of Matthew. And so this is actually the first... Uh, sermon we're preaching through that really pivotal section there in five, six, and seven. Um, and probably the greatest sermon ever preached. I, I think it's like, I don't know where you go if it's, it's either not. him
1: or Andy Stanley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and uh, Andy Stanley would bow <laughs> out pretty quick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, this was a very challenging uh, sermon. Uh, this is over the Beatitudes. So, the first kind of 11, 12 verses. And it is called the Beatitudes because it's basically like the attitude of someone that would be a part of the blessed uh, um, residents of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's that's kind of the the idea. So it's the VIPs, the VIPs, if not just like
1: the only invited person, the uh,
0: the identifiers, you know, of that. And so, it's definitely one of the most challenging things ever. Is to take something that you could spend probably a sermon on every single one of these and mm-hmm. then try to do all of them in one. So, as I told Speaking you, of that, <laughs> I let's told try you. to do all of them <laughs> in
1: 90 <seconds. laughs> in 90 seconds. Uh so, do you need to get your bible out? I like open notes. up or you just I have my notes. What we're doing is talking through what Trevor preached on in 90 seconds. Like if you weren't here for the sermon, uh if you don't go to our church but you just know the mm-hmm. bible or want to know more about the bible whatever, uh, we're going to summarize the ground we already covered, and we might hit it again later, but we're going to summarize it in 90 seconds. So are you ready, Trevor? Oh, I'm
0: so not ready, but yes, let's go.
1: H- hold up. Math. Uh, you have nine seconds per beatitude. Jesus. <laughs> it's so Right? There are 10?
0: Yes. I'm going to do my absolute you best. You have like
1: seven to eight seconds per verse. This
0: is going to be horrendous, and I'm hoping it goes better than I think it's going to. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. So at the beginning of chapter 5, Jesus is in front of a bunch of crowds. We find out that the crowds is primarily his disciples, which we don't know exactly if that's just the 12 or the 4 that he's called previously. We also know the teachers of the law there, but we also know there's a large group of people that are hurting, needing healings, uh, just looking and are curious. Uh, You find yourself maybe in one of those three crowds as well, curious, uh, needing help, or maybe a little bit critical. Jesus sits down and says, This is who the kingdom of heaven is for. He basically says it's for the poor in spirit, for those who are mourning, who are meek, hunger and thirst for righteousness, who are showing mercy, who are pure in heart, and who are peacemakers. And blessed are those that do that even when it's hard and people persecute you. And then he basically says the Father will reward anybody that um, does these things and does it in the name of Jesus, even if it's in the face of punishment and harm. Um, These things are the exact opposite of what you expect the kingdom of heaven to be about. Um, They are things like being low in position and power, being hurting or overwhelmed, being humble and selfless, um, just looking for the ways of God, not even achieving anything, just looking for them, being kind at a cost is what mercy is, seeking purity because it brings clarity every single time. And not just allowing peace or keeping peace, but actually seeking out and making peace. That's obviously what Jesus is doing. And the truth of the matter is, this is a list that Jesus is going to achieve and then call his followers to follow themselves. That was perfect. Oh, my gosh. That
1: was wild. I like how each beatitude near the end was like, it's kind of like this. And the other one's kind of like this. And the other one's kind of like this. That's (laughs) perfect. Oh, my
0: gosh. And you can tell why this sermon needed a study hall because yeah. that was a lot, not enough time. for. Uh, and if there's yeah. any regret I have from the sermon, it's maybe not slowing down yeah. or maybe just saying, hey, we're going to hit this at a high level and then zooming in a little bit more on one or two. So this will be hopefully a fruitful conversation. Uh, fruitful. Um, fruitful. No, yep. Fruitful. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're just listening
1: right now, uh, we're being dorks and put... We, we always have our Kingsway branded, mugs. Kingsway podcast branded mugs on the table. Trevor put his disposable coffee cup inside of his mug. and I Because it's an dirty apple. and I'm too lazy to clean it. <laughs> yes, and I put an apple inside of mine and I'm just raising my mug up and eating the apple. Uh, we're being dorks. But anyway, fruitful apple. As an apple. Uh, if you're watching, then that was probably extra lame because <laughs> you can see everything we're doing.
0: Or you, maybe you did need the explanation. Or wasn't <laughs> maybe true, you're what like, what on. is that?
1: Yeah, um, if you if you're watching and you can't tell what we're doing, you got to raise that definition up to 1080p cuz we are yeah. at, or at i or whatever. We're at least recording in that.
0: So, I need your help to kind of what, what are your what do you, what do you want to dive into and like what what questions do you have like thinking through what we should talk about cuz I think we can go a lot of different directions with this. I I kind of want to
1: what I okay, I think I've I've let the cat out of the bag before. The questions, we usually have 10 questions written. By ChatGPT. Now, this is not because ChatGPT is more spiritual than us. Uh, could be. Could um, be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but this is mostly because ChatGPT doesn't know anything we've talked about, anything we've studied. So it's asking us 10 questions that we're kind of unprepared for. Yep. We just have to have known or studied that kind of thing, which is why I like doing that. So there's some background, and then there's some Yeah. beatitude by beatitude. I like that. So. What's That's the, kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah. What's our question? Okay. Question number one uh is this why did Jesus choose to deliver the Sermon on the Mount on a mountain rather than in a more accessible location? Oh, you'll
0: love this one because you love it. Oh, the, I do. You know, and, yeah.
1: That's why I saw it and I was like, thank you, robot. Thank you for this question.
0: So it's <laughs> it's a really it, it's a very, very cool observation. Um, and it's wild that um chat. GBT is even asking it, but there's there's a it's lot of... He's asking
1: it because other people ask. Yeah, it. There's it yeah, there's a
0: lot of really cool... So short answer is it's a very strategic move that has a lot of symbolism and parallels to a lot of different really important moments when God or even man tries to imitate what God is up to or get to God. So the concept of like earth being on the ground and God being in the sky has you know, always been, and it seems yeah. to be a heavens and earth type thing. So, even small yeah. bit of
1: trivia, even um, ancient readers reading Genesis 1, they would see God created light, God separated the waters above from the waters below, which is like He separated the sky and the sea. Yep. And you're like, ugh. Space isn't water. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happens when it rains, dummy? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, Anyway, and then he separated the dry land from the sea. Okay, he makes all these habitats. Yeah. And then he makes things to fill those habitats. Day four, he creates the sun, moon, and stars. Yep. Now, for ancient readers, they saw sun, moon, and stars. They were familiar with sun, moon, and stars. And they had this idea, at least by the Second Temple Period. Yeah. uh, Like David solomon after um solomon it's like solomon's temple anyway by the second temple period they had the idea that uh the stars were the sky rulers mm-hmm. that it's like divine beings who we see as stars but shooting stars are like oh somebody's on the move doing their job yeah uh it's like both they're they're helping you navigate time by like and navigate direction by looking at constellations while you're on the sea or on the land being like, we we need to go this direction to go to this location, whatever. Um, but it's also like those are spiritual beings. If you pray and God sends an angel, he probably just dropped a star on you and then brought it back up later. And it really like has that's,
0: it has deep connections in yeah. that in the roots of like how they they observe the world, how they saw the creation story. But mm-hmm. then it has. I mean, roots to, like, the Tower of Babel is is man yeah. trying to get to God or, or act like yeah. God, um, you know, get to the place that God is.
1: And even the, the Garden of Eden's on a mountain. Yeah.
0: And a lot of the places they see gods or think they can meet with gods are on mountain. Well, and then Mount Sinai is where, yeah. you know, Moses is the burning bush, but then it's also where he receives the temple or the, the Ten, Ten Commandments. Commandments. And so I think it's I think where Elijah meets God after 1 Kings
1: 19, after the... Yeah, uh, the Queen of Sheba? I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, some queen, uh, Jezebel. Jezebel, I
0: think yeah, that's right. Yeah, that seems no, right.
1: right. Yep. Queen of Sheba seems pretty wrong. And but I- Jezebel is, like, chasing him and, like, I want to mm-hmm. kill you, and he's like, it's just me, and God's like, here's a nap and a snack. And then up on a mountain, it's like, let me talk to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, like, this happens on mountains.
0: And it really is kind of like a, it, you know, there's – I mean, think of Jesus on Gethsemane. Yeah, and even the the Mount of Transfiguration, yeah. where Jesus is affirmed. I mean, this is very Feeding strategic. 5, yeah, it's very strategic. Um, even uh, city on a hill, you know, Jerusalem's on a hill. So there's a lot of there's a lot of symbolism, but it's a very strategic move. But also, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very practical thing. Yeah, because you elevate yourself so that everybody can see you. Yeah, um, and so no matter where you're at on the mountain. You know, you're easily seen because you're above everyone else. There's no stage lights. There's no, There's no amplification. Exactly. So yeah. your voice travels. So I think that's a. I mean, that's that's the short answer. But it, you can go way deeper with that if you want. But just know, Jesus ta- taught on a mountain because it was a perfect symbol and had been for a very long time that God was talking to His
1: people. Yeah, and that's something about Jesus preaching here. Uh, they notice that He preaches as one with authority. That's the ending <laughs> the- of
0: chapter seven.
1: Yeah, there are, like, Pharisees and other religious leaders who, when they teach, they're teaching from the text, and then they usually are like, yes, and this rabbi a while ago said this about this, and yep, rabbinic traditions, whatever, mm-hmm. for, for teach with authority. But Jesus here is both Moses and God from the, from the Ten Commandments. He's oh, both, yeah. He's both like, the human uh, mediator mm-hmm. talking talking from God to them, and he's also just God talking to them. And so he's actually teaching as one with authority. So he is fulfilling both roles, God and man. And you're
0: going to see that in just a few verses beyond our text today. In verse 17, it talks yeah. about the fulfillment of the law and how your righteousness has to surpass that of the Pharisees. And so yeah. it's literally him going like, hey, you're not going to be able to do this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and so it, it, it's a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful thing where Jesus is showing his divinity, but also being practical and connected with his humanity yeah.
1: and caring about them. Yep, knowing how they're made. One other thing, if you want to visualize what this looked like from a bird's eye view, think about the symbol for Wi-Fi. Yeah, Jesus is the dot at the bottom, and then it's his disciples, his close disciples. However many of yep. them there were in like that first row. And then it's rows and rows of people getting larger, but kind of staying at the same angles. Yep. I don't know if that communicates to just audio listeners. But yeah, it's like all these layers of listeners. Yeah, that's a very expanding good Expanding outwards. To where it says he has a conversation with his disciples. It's probably a limited group. Oh yeah. But it's loud enough on purpose for people to overhear.
0: He's he's talking to them, but through them as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. to the people behind yeah. him. All right. Next question.
1: That was okay. a good one. Uh what? I don't know that we have much say about this because it may be something we've already talked about a good okay. amount. But well, I'm going to say it we, anyway.
0: We can skip it if we want to, but let's, yeah. let's read the question first.
1: What is the significance of Jesus' disciples coming to him, and how does their presence contribute to the context and message of the Sermon on the Mount?
0: Yeah, I mean, we just answered I think yeah, it's, it's more of to. the, like, he's talking to them, and obviously the connection in Matthew is to Matthew 9. Jesus is going to do a very similar thing in Matthew 9 where he yeah. calls Matthew himself, Levi, the tax collector, and then the very next thing he does is he gives the woe to the Pharisees, like this yeah. massive sermon about the corruption of the current people that are supposed to be representing yeah. God. And it's a very similar contrast where, like, he's talking to the disciples, but obviously talking to the Pharisees. Um, yeah. And this, I think, is the same. He's talking to the disciples, but obviously talking to the crowds. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Their presence, I think they're going to obviously repeat this sermon, and they remembered it enough to record it. So, yeah. you know, that's the other side of it.
1: Yeah. Okay, next one. Question three. Was it mean to be poor in spirit, and why is it considered a blessing in the kingdom of heaven?
0: Yeah, so th- the way that I like to think about this, I, you know, in the sermon, if you remember, I, I used kind of a different thought process. Because the, the truth of the matter is every single one of these, you could take and, and almost make it a negative if you wanted to. Um, and you could say poor in spirit just means you're poor in spirit. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. that sounds But truthfully, the, the the real meaning is you know you know your position. So the Dun- Dunder Kruger effect, all right? You're heard, you've heard about nope, this. I've okay. heard about Dunder Mifflin. So D- Dunder Kruger effect is the concept of, uh, <laughs> and this sounds, sounds mean, but it's very, very true, and you've probably seen this play out. Um, stupid people don't know they're stupid. Oh yeah, they, I mean, like I know I'm stupid. And so, so <laughs> the wild thing is, wh- the smarter a person is, th- they know their blind spots. Yeah, they know what they don't know, and poor in spirit is just a very wise person who yeah. recognizes that they don't have what it takes to do what Jesus is going to call and say. It's basically a person that recognizes their need and their position in this process. They are in a low position doesn't mean they're of low yeah. value, doesn't mean that they don't have any worth in God's eyes. It just means that they see their own weakness. They they recognize that they are in a low position and their spirit or what they are capable of at this time, they are not rescued, they have not been provided salvation, they are mm-hmm. not in perfect standing and they see that. Um and that that is what re- is requirement of needing jesus does, like, this,
1: <laughs> does this feel like what calvinists and reformers
0: call total depravity yes You're it, like
1: you can't do anything good on your own I, I total, think, total depravity leads to total dependence
0: yes and i think the, the the you know obviously that theology and i don't get along completely at all but yeah um i i think in this fact if i don't take it to its nth degree where i feel like there's more divine maybe than that that yeah. theology leaves. There's more divine to me than that. But I absolutely believe that perspective is yeah. needed. That without God, without yeah. hope, I am completely doomed. There's
1: no hope of being strong
0: enough on no. your own. No. Yeah. No. I can show glimpses of it, but in the end, my destiny is set without Jesus' hope. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's part of it. So first, the first thing that the kingdom of heaven you need is to recognize that you're not enough. Yeah. And when you do that, guess what happens? yours is the kingdom of, like, it's wild. It's like, yeah. all you got to do is be able to say, like, I can't do this on my own, and I recognize that I'm not enough. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, it's a good question.
1: It uh, reminds me a little bit, and some of these other ones are going to remind me of the same exact thing, but um, I think it's Isaiah 55 or 60 or something like that. It's this really cool passage about uh, a mountain again it's god talking about everybody come up to my mountain and they're like oh jerusalem uh maybe <laughs> that or it may be like the new jerusalem different mountain like yeah. final eternal correction everything's right revelation yeah. 21 and 2 kind of stuff um uh, but it's god calling out to everyone insiders and outsiders to come and eat and it's uh i want to i want to pull this up so i'm saying the right thing um bible gateway i think it is isaiah I'm going to go with 60 first. Nope. Uh, I'm going to go with 55. S- yes. Okay, great. Uh, it's in uh, the NLT, it's Invitation to the Lord's Salvation. Mm-hmm. It says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that doesn't you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. It's this, and it, it goes on to yeah. just drive that idea in further. But like it's the idea like of like lot. on your own power, even if you think you have a lot, you will never have enough. So until you come and from no power eat and drink the greatest stuff because I'm giving to you then you're going to be lost.
0: Well, and in- I think it's it's such a cool way, too, that you would think when, and this is how the kingdom of God is set up and Jesus pushes this, you would think the first thing that he would put as a beatitude, you know, I'm not putting all my, all my like, you know, marbles on or all my like, you know, betting mm-hmm. things on the the order of these, but I don't think we should ignore the order of the beatitudes. Yeah. Because you would think hunger and thirst for righteousness would be first. <laughs> yeah. Like you'd think like all right, this is the first thing you need. Because yeah. that's what the Pharisees would probably say is like the first thing. Yeah. But no, the first thing is guess what, if you feel like you're not enough, I'm here yeah. for you. Like this is why I'm here. And that speaks to the person in the crowd that probably is the least respected, the least needed the least seen mm-hmm. is the first thing that, that Jesus talks to the first yeah. person in the crowd that he sees is the person that feels like they shouldn't even be there and that to me just is like the heartbeat of who who Jesus yeah. is is like before he even gets further down the list and that person writes themselves off they're like hey I'm on the list I'm yeah. in there I can do yeah. this you know and like that that is just such a kindness and a very very cool revealing of, I think, how Jesus truly And feels. I think
1: this is a thing that Matthew points out um, because of what we've been talking about. Because even though Matthew is a very Jewish gospel, it's also a gospel from the perspective of the outsider. Oh, yeah. And so we've been talking for, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 weeks on how much Jesus is leaning into the outsiders, even though we know he's like, uh, I'm here for the Jew first, and, and uh, not not necessarily, but he's, mm. like, not making a Gentile-specific ministry. Oh, it feels very much so like and the, whatever. like
0: who he's talking to here. He's, like, he's, he's talking to the Jews, but he's also talking to yeah. the, the other rows that are there. He's like, talking
1: to the Jews, but he's including the Gentiles. 100%. He's actually acting towards the Gentiles a lot. So, like, uh, even for 12 to 15, whatever, a light to the Gentiles, just because he's walking down these, these mm-hmm. uh, he, he's the light come into the world, and he doesn't go to Jerusalem, this the city no, the No, he's like the light. Going <laughs> He goes to the edge of the
0: yep. nation's borders and it, immediately. Immediately, and those would be yeah. filled with random and different yeah. cultures, and and that's yeah. where he goes right after he's tempted. And I here's the thing, and I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit because I yeah. think this is really important. Jesus does this over and over again in his teaching. Anytime you think he's giving a foothold to legalism or to rule following or to, you know, just f- do the list, he seems to almost know that he has to back it up with a, a real fullness to his mission and his um, his message. Because if you look at um, number six, which is blessed are those who yeah. hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You got to know that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are like, finally, finally. OK, I can agree with that. Like, I yeah. can agree with that one. That's fine. I, I believe that's true. In fact, that's how we think we're going to get free from the Romans, is that we will get our full nation back Yeah. when we hunger and thirst for the right thing. <laughs> that's
1: why it's so funny that it doesn't start with, blessed are the armed military experts, for they will help me slaughter their own.
0: Yes, and so you're, you're thinking he's, he knows that that's where the heart's going to do, is they're going to go sweet, and they're going to lean in. And then the very next one, he's like, blessed are the merciful, <laughs> for they will be shown mercy. And they're like, Ah! Yeah, I thought we were talking about righteousness, like you know, and then uh, blessed are those who are persecuted dude, for righteousness' sake, yes. And it's like not those that are elevated because of their righteousness, but because they are humbled, hurt, persecuted yeah. for their righteousness, and
1: not those who escape persecution and persecute their persecutors, mm-hmm. not those who, but actually. Being persecuted, at least in this moment for these people, is right
0: where God wants you. Yep. And it's a wild, it's just a wild exchange of like, he does such a good job of any time that person feels like, oh, he's not talking to me. And then immediately next, he's like, oh, nope, he's still talking to me. Um, Which is wild. All right, next question. We may not get through all these, but that's that's okay. okay. Um, This is a, a big one, not the biggest one, but a big one.
1: In what ways does meekness demonstrate strength and contribute to inheriting the earth?
0: Yeah, no, it's a really good one. Um, it's
1: kind of what I just said about the food thing.
0: It but. is, and I, here's the thing: meekness and poor in spirit are probably the easiest to get wrong on this list, um, mm-hmm. because you know, meekness and poor in spirit just—it feels like you just have to get small in order to get God. You know what I mean? Like, like.
1: So, so my favorite way of talking about it is, meekness is not weakness. No. Meekness is power under control. Yeah, so you can be. Six, four, and like totally rippling in muscles, but you don't walk into the room and pick somebody up by the throat, like you walk in and listen,
0: and and meekness meekness is definitely the largest word that I think of when I think of meekness. It's just selflessness, yeah, it's not passiveness, it's selflessness in the sense of like you're not just like watching this these events take place in the room you are leveraging every bit of your influence and power for selfless reasons, yeah. and you're doing it in a way that you see everyone in the room better than yourself. Like, that's the conversation. Yeah. It's, and it's not in, like, an a insecure way. It's in a, I value these other people, and I am willing to play whatever role I need to in order to see them be elevated, to see their needs met, to see them feel good about themselves. And, and you see that when it's like they will inherit the earth meekness is literally generosity at a cost like if i could change it's like literally you are giving of yourself to a point that it's literally making you smaller feels like john the baptist when he's like i must you know decrease and he must increase that is a perfect revealing of meekness yeah it is it's what you just said it's that under power under control he has incredible influence he could say he and i jesus and i are going to rule the world together you know, yeah. we're going to change the world together. Instead, he's like, nah, my time's pretty much done. And if you're going to choose to follow somebody, go follow him. You know, it's what Paul yeah. says. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. You uh, know? He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah, but it's, but, not, it's not follow me. It's. Follow me as I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow yeah. Christ. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's the ultimate thing. Is not Him. It's pointing to the ultimate honestly. Thing. Follow my meekness. Yes. Yeah. That's and yeah. It's, it, I think that you see this probably most demonstrated in moms. Uh, oh. Yeah. Moms do this selflessly time and time again with their children, where almost to a fault, you know, to a degree where like it costs them so much to give of their selflessness and they they come off soft and, and they look weak, but it's actually a great demonstration of self-control and generosity and kindness and love. Um, and basically Jesus is just trying to point out that it's not a chest bumping like, you know, pump up yeah. your chest contest. Yeah. Like this isn't a get your best trophies out and let's stack them up next to each other and see who's the best. And yeah. that's, who's going to get the earth, you know, it's actually more about a person that's willing to give and to to not, you know, fight after it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good one. It, it makes sense in the context. If you want to see the Beatitudes played out, just read Philippians 2, because that's where every single one of these is in what Paul lines out as what Jesus does. He lays down, you know. He gives up the, of himself. Gives up everything, empties himself completely, and yeah. then takes the position of a, you know, a servant. servant. Yeah. <laughs> not even just, you know, and then gives himself up to death you know like yeah. well he completes the list inside that chapter of yeah. philippians which is yeah it's, i mean we talk about that all the time but it's it's just it's a great section to, to kind of see uh, as paul's putting the pieces together how yeah. he sees that jesus is doing what he's calling us to do yeah i i would say we gotta wrap this thing up here now yeah. in a little one, bit one, but one one more point. yeah one more um
1: but i would say to summarize most of these think of uh, like Jesus, think of all these kinds of people. Think about Mother Teresa too. Like, yeah. how do you imagine, even if you don't know her super well, how do you imagine she would answer situations and uh, conduct herself and whatever? She'd probably not be triggered mm-hmm. by things that are offensive, but wouldn't be passive and not act, and it would be kind and caring and soft-spoken in a nurturing way and whatever. All these things are the best things. She wouldn't hoard up for herself treasures and all these other things and self-importance but like yeah if i had to summarize i'd say mother Teresa. yeah she i mean it's like a more modern day figure
0: any anybody that that demonstrates this stuff it it, they'll pass the smell test like that's the easiest thing like you'll you'll just know that like that that it's just different. It's not of this world. I will say this. None of these things yeah. are natural. No, yeah. <laughs> like it's not just something we were not
1: led to these by uh <laughs> natural selection, no evolution, whatever. Um, no, because no these baby are... comes
0: out and is like, you know what, I want to be meek. Like, no baby is that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Last one. Yeah. And I'm saving this for last because it's the one I want to talk about the most. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm worried. But also excited. But you probably know exactly what it is. Uh, how do peacemakers demonstrate their identity as children of God, and what is the nature of the peace they bring?
0: Yeah, as all, all things, when you get done preaching, someone comes up to you and says like a line, and you're like, that would have been nice to have before the sermon, but it's, <laughs> um, and of course it was my yeah. dad, but he's like, well, the line I always use with that son is, uh, you know, keeping the peace, or are you making peace? Because those are two different things. Keeping the peace is a defensive strategy, so that you don't have to deal with the tension, or you don't have to solve the problem, or you're just keeping people apart or separated. Yeah, you know, like. But ultimately, to bring things back together, you have to make peace. And so, his thought process is: this is actually the ministry of reconciliation. Oh yeah, and Second Corinthians five. This is absolutely that, and it's it's the concept of like you see it as your marching orders to try to reconcile as much as you possibly can with God, because that's what God's up to right now. Jesus is trying to bring not just Jews, but the entire world back into relationship. And peacemakers are the children of God because they look like God. (laughs) They act like God. They do God things.
1: Um, So this actually gets into a lot of uh, <laughs> the first two chapters of the Bible mm-hmm. and God is a creator. Yep. Um, I just yesterday loved sitting through, um, I was at creative arts Academy, like I said, this week, um, which is how I talked to Zach about what happened a year ago. Yep. Uh I got Yo, to Zach. sit through uh, Matt Stafford's art in the Bible, little like 45 minute thing. And he's like, this is three days of a college class that I'm zipping through. Oh my God. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. But he's talking about how, um, God in his creative nature is, like, creating all these intricate things. And it, literally the the second word of, of the Bible is in the beginning, one word. Mm-hmm. And in the Hebrew word order, created mm. is the second one. In the beginning, created God. Would, yeah. That doesn't make sense in English. But he's, mm. like, it's literally the second thing. It's what God's doing. But most of his creation is, like, taming. Mm-hmm. There's there's, there's out-of-nothing creation, yeah. But in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void. Mm-hmm. Formless and void is like there was some stuff, but it just wasn't good. It wasn't producing. It wasn't flourishing. Yeah. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't ordered. It wasn't hospitable. It wasn't, like, good yet. It wasn't at a place where he would walk away and say, that's good. yeah And so what he does, partly is create some stuff, but otherwise reorder stuff separating is reordering, separating the Mm -hmm. waters on the earth and the waters in the sky, separating the dry land from the, whatever Um, separating the light from the darkness, whatever Uh, all these things are ordering and kind of like curating to create flourishing. Um, And then I was, I was reading on this passage in uh, the, the unseen realm by Michael Heiser. And he had this whole little chapter called, uh, what would we be doing if we never sinned? Like, what if the fall never happened? If yeah. we had free will and we just kept choosing to do good, what would have happened? And he said, We were put in the garden, which is one spot on earth, not all of earth, one spot on a mountain on the earth. And we were tending that garden. We were supposed to be fruitful and multiply and subdue and have dominion over the earth. And subdue and dominion sound like fire, chains, like scary. Yeah. But it's. Cultivate. Mm-hmm. It's make flourish. We're supposed to go into the rest of the yeah, earth. Spread the garden. Which is kind of darkness and void and spread the garden, spread order yeah. and flourishing, whatever. Is that not peacemaking? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is taking the raw elements that are chaotic mm-hmm. and against each other and volatile. Oh, yeah. And trying to create flourishing life out of them in the way that
0: God would do it. And it's 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 wild because obviously when when Jesus says this, he knows that he's the ultimate pace, peacemaker. Oh, like when when yeah. He says this. He's like, and he's the Son of God. So yeah. it's like he he finds himself in this. Like he's like, blessed are the peacemakers for they are children of God. Uh, <laughs> if you read a chapter or two <laughs> who's before, who's a peacemaker and's got two thumbs? Was, this this guy. guy, you know. It's like <laughs> I, the, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. You know, yeah. like that was God Himself speaking. From high on to low, by yeah. the way, which is again, kind of like the heavens speaking to the earth., yeah. but the concept of this, it's vital, because I think, I think the way we choose to think of peace as a pastor is often is it beneficial?: Yeah, for me. Yeah And I think that's why the very next one is blessed are those that are persecuted. And yeah. the truth of the matter is, when you try to make peace. For whatever reason, you, sometimes you end up on a cross. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you end up beaten up. And the peer, people you're trying to make peace with try to kill you. Yeah. Or even succeed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, obviously I don't think any of us are going to be hung on a cross or, you know, tortured. Or hit with a cat in and this day tales. and age. In- but social media can get pretty vicious. Yeah. And, you know, people can say whatever they want and do whatever they want. And I think part of this is the challenge of recognizing that it is going to be messy it is going to be hard and it's not going to be easy i think one of the things i want to touch on to end this section and to talk about to close one of the things that breaks my heart the most that i've seen in my own experiences and i've read about and i've witnessed um is watching people that are not at peace with a situation and they've never tried to go back and make peace with it yeah, because either the person's dead and gone and the the situation's over or because um, they feel like if they let the person off the hook, somehow that like releases the pain and the consequence um, in a way that they don't want to let the other person off the hook Um, or even for their own mistakes. Sometimes they don't want to allow – the peace to come into their heart because they feel like they, they still owe some sort of pain right? yeah. from what they've done. And I just, this is about also you recognizing that God is trying to make peace with you. And peacemaking sometimes is recognizing that God has peace to offer if you're willing to step in and allow the conversation to go a little deeper. And I know that the main context of this is person-to-person But the spiritual realm and the spiritual context of this is is allowing God to to provide peace where no man could. Yeah. And I think there's some really painful, difficult situations that a lot of people have been through that they think are unpeaceable, Mm -hmm. like unreachable um, by God, and I just don't think that's true. I, I really think there is peace that can be found on this earth that only comes through the true peacemaker, and that idea of reclaiming and taming something that seems to be untamable, mm-hmm. un unchangeable. Um, I I just I dare you to invite God in, maybe a, a person that you're close to, to 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 have the conversations that maybe your mom's dead or maybe the the friend's gone or maybe the business partner's gone or maybe your, you know, the regret is still there and it's never been completely confessed. And like I think there is a point in this that I would say, that is how you will recognize that you are fully known and fully loved and that you are a child of God, like that is the moment that God comes in and rushes in and re- provides that mercy, yeah and in your meekness and in your poor spirit, in that place of mourning, yeah, you are blessed, you are called blessed. Um, like you you all of these beatitudes are
1: people who, as they come close to God, realize that nothing that they have that lasts can be taken from them. Yep, And he's
0: going to store up those treasures in heaven, and we're going to get there. And the end like into the, the sermon. It's going to be really, really good. So thanks yeah. so much for asking the questions and being a part of this. This is yeah. awesome. If you've enjoyed this or you think someone like, uh, what's his name? Zach. Zach would like it, um, pass it on to another Zach. If you
1: want more Zachs to know <laughs> about this
0: podcast, uh,
1: share, subscribe, uh, yep. review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever and uh, bean.
0: you know just moms keep doing the good work you know mm-hmm. being a consistent listener we, we love the reason she's called mother Teresa. it's true it's full circle right there <laughs> hey thanks so much for uh, coming back to the Sunday study hall and i hope you found some curious things to uh, light a fire maybe to go off and try to learn some more or maybe you uh, walked away with a little bit of wisdom today yeah. you know i've been encouraged and uh, we'll continue to do this so have a great and glorious day in the lord and we'll see you later see ya.